Hey guys, welcome to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. This is episode 121. I am your host, Ed Moore, and there will be spoilers. Now, to get in touch with me, you can do so at Teal Productions on Twitter. That's T-E-A-L. Lords of Order has a Facebook page. The Dr. Fate fan podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website address. Justice League of America, the 1960 volume, issue 37. The story is entitled The Earth Without a Justice League, cover dated August 1965. Now the story you can find reprinted in Justice League of America Archives 5, 1999. Crisis on Multiple Earths, 2002. Showcase presents Justice League of America, number 3, 2008. Justice League of America, The Silver Age Omnibus, number 2, 2016. Justice League of America, The Silver Age, number 4, 2018. And Crisis on Multiple Earths, number 1, crossing over April 2021. Now, our creative individuals this issue are Gardner Fox on script, Mike Sikowski on inks, Bernard Sachs, excuse me, Mike Sikowski on pencils, Bernard Sachs on inks, the colorist is still not known, and the letterer is Mr. Gaspar Saladino. Now, our cover is, sorry, let me flip it over here. We have... Uh, several questions, several, um, not questions, but several narrator tags here. What? Not a single member of the Justice League on this cover? Why are the superheroes of the legendary Justice Society Society battling the menace of a living thunderbolt on the Earth without a Justice League? And on the cover, we have Dr. Fate, Green Lantern, the Atom, Mr. Terrific, and the Flash, who are all named, fighting the thunderbolt. Uh... Johnny Thunder's Thunderbolt, to be exact. We're told that a super spectacular that is sure to become a classic. First color page is kind of a reproduction of, of that cover with uh, no, with the same members fighting a Thunderbolt. The narrator tells us here, where is the Justice League, you wonder? What are the superheroes of the Justice League doing on Earth-1? Why are they fighting the Badnazian hex thunderbolt of their fellow member, Johnny Thunder? For the answers to these questions, startling and stunning as they are, read on. And brace yourself for the amazing and astounding situation that has developed on the Earth without a Justice League. And our roll call is the Adam, Dr. Fate, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, and Mr. Terrific of the Justice Society. And an editor's note tells us, since Earth-1 has been deprived of its Justice League, this issue's roll call consists of members from the Justice Society of America of Earth-2. Now we open with Johnny Thunder um, being weird about his Thunderbolt. They've had a fight, and uh, he decides that he needs to do something. But before he does that, he has to apologize to his Thunderbolt. So he calls him over and tries to apologize, but the apology doesn't work out too well. He, uh, He decides that he is going to show himself and his Thunderbolt some kind of lesson by comparing the way he and his Thunderbolt are to the Thunderbolt Uh, and Johnny Thunder of Earth 2. Well, little does he know that the Johnny Thunder of Earth 2 does not possess a Thunderbolt, so the comparison will be rather short-lived. But they travel to Earth 1, and in talking, um, the Earth 
One Johnny Thunder decides that he will take the Thunderbolt for himself and knocks out the Earth 2 Johnny Thunder. And using the special Say You, which is what, um, C-E-I-U, I think, and it's pronounced Say You, he um, binds the Thunderbolt to himself, even though it is an Earth 2 uh, Johnny Thunder that normally has it. Talking a little bit and realizing what the Thunderbolt does and what it's for, he starts committing crimes, uh, the Earth 1 Johnny Thunder with the Earth 2 Thunderbolt. Doing so, the Thunderbolt runs afoul of the Flash and goes back and tells Johnny Thunder that he was not able to accomplish what he thought he was, what, what he had been sent to do because of the interference of the Flash. So Johnny Thunder has the bright idea of, well, then in order for me to do whatever I want to do with my Magic Thunderbolt, I need to take care of all of the Earth one superheroes. So he sends his Thunderbolt back in time to whatever point to prevent all of the Earth 2. Excuse me. Wow. I'm going to be. Uh, this is going to be a confusion that I get quite a bit. That all of the Earth 1 heroes, and he prevents them from. The Thunderbolt prevents them from getting their powers. He intercepts the lightning so that Barry Allen doesn't get struck by lightning and covered in chemicals. He prevents Krypton from exploding, so Superman is never jettisoned off. Who knows what else having Krypton till now causes, but that's not addressed. Uh, the Thunderbolt prevents uh, Abin Sur's spacecraft from crashing on the Earth, so the ring is never given to Hal Jordan. He, the Thunderbolt shatters the White Dwarf fragment that was going to land in Ivy Town that um, Ray Palmer would have found to get his powers. The Thunderbolt prevents Dr. Ertl's transportation device from ever working, and so it doesn't work uh, in error and teleport Martian Manhunter from Mars to Earth, so the Martian Manhunter never comes to Earth. In Batman, he uh, or for Batman, he shows up during the case of the Chemical Syndicate, which was the first Batman story from Detective Comics 27. And he lends extra pounding to the pounding that the bad guys give Batman, such that Bruce Wayne decides that he's going to go back to being a playboy and he's not going to mess with this superhero stuff. Likewise, Thunderbolt visits the origins of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Green Arrow, and Hawkman, preventing all the different things from happening there, comes back to the Earth-1 Johnny Thunder, and because of all this now, Earth-1 is dubbed Earth-A for alternate by uh, Johnny Thunder, because he's aware of Earth-1 and Earth-2 designation from Thunderbolt. And last crossover... Uh, a year ago, roughly, we discovered Earth-3 as well. So now we know that they are out there. So now we cut to Earth-2, a uh, meeting of the Justice Society, the Atom, Flash, Hawkman, Green Lantern, Mr. Terrific, and Dr. Fate. They're waiting for Johnny Thunder, who had recently said that he wanted to start going out and hanging with the old crew again. So they're holding up their next meeting for him, as he requested, but he's not showing up, and he's late. They start, Dr. Fate starts scrying for him, finds a trail of the Thunderbolt here on Earth-2 and tracks that trail to Earth-1, 
where they see an image in Dr. Fate's scrying sphere of an unconscious Johnny Thunder, and they listen in on the Earth 1's Johnny, they find laying here Earth 2's Johnny Thunder, excuse me, and they listen in on Earth 1 Johnny Thunder as he is talking to his gang with the Earth 2 Thunderbolt there, or I should just say the Thunderbolt because Earth 1 doesn't have one. So they see what's happening and they decide they need to go over and, you know, couple different things. They need to help their friend Johnny Thunder, who's unconscious, make sure he's okay. But they also need to go and stop the Thunderbolt from running amok because they know that uh, that primarily that that Thunderbolt is their responsibility coming from Earth 2. So um, they, they go to, to do something. Uh, they arrive and Johnny Thunder watches as the Justice Society takes out all his thugs and he attempts to sick the Thunderbolt on him, but over the course of several panels, several pages, he just doesn't give the correct commands to the Thunderbolt. Dr. Fate has an opportunity to give a little extra mojo to the other Justice Society members, and so the next time, with a little bit clearer instruction that the Thunderbolt comes against them, they're able to physically beat him off this time, de defeat him, excuse me, because they have added power. They decide they're going to visit the other members of the Justice League because they haven't seen or heard of them. So they go and they visit, you know, Barry Allen, they visit Hal Jordan, they visit Ray Palmer, and they realize that they're just regular people, that they don't have power, they've never had these situations that ultimately gave them power in their in their origin so they see now that johnny thunder that the excuse me thunderbolt has gone through time and has altered things to where the earth one superheroes have never existed they rendezvous at the origin the the headquarters of the justice league the tunnels i guess probably the caves at happy valley i think that's the name of it in rhode island at this point and uh, decide that what they're going to do is they're going to each take on the guise of the Justice League members that are not supposed to be around. And, and in essence, you know, scare Johnny Thunder straight um, and use their powers, you know, what powers they actually have to try to defeat the Thunderbolt and ultimately get him to set everything right. You know, just get the Thunderbolt to fix everything. So the Johnny Thunder, again, attempts a... a caper here and tells the Thunderbolt to divide up into six parts to face each of the Justice League members. Well, little does Johnny Thunder know that when you divide the Thunderbolt, the power divides. So each Thunderbolt now is one-sixth the strength of all of them together. So in the first round, the Justice Society, or I should say the Justice League, nay, Justice Society members, defeat the Thunderbolts. But then on the second go-round, the Thunderbolt is strong enough to defeat the Justice League, nay, Justice Society members. Johnny runs off with the help of the Thunderbolt, leaving the Justice League Society members on the cruise ship that he was trying to knock over. Goes back to his apartment, tries to come up with another plan. Well, he decides this time that what he's going to do is he tells the Thunderbolt to free his six most loyal members of his gang from the uh, from jail where they were imprisoned the last time that he encountered the Justice League. And take 
one member to each of the origin spots of six superheroes so that his gang members get the powers of those Justice Leaguers rather than the original peoples. So, we're told that Brace Morrison gains super speed, Barney Judson gains size shrinking, Eddie Orson is gifted with the powers of the Martian Manhunter, Ripper Jones is substituted for Superman, Bill Gore is turned into Batman, and Monk Loomis wins the right to become Green Lantern. Now, Monk Loomis is my favorite name of those. So now... Johnny has six thugs, all with the powers of Martian Manhunter, Superman, Green Lantern, Batman, Flash, and the Atom. Uh, the powers of Batman. That's kind of a misnomer. But anyways, assume the guise of Batman. All through time, they have all the, the you know, they were the origin people. And, and at whatever point now it is, they have all of those experiences and additional powers and knowledge and everything. So the Justice League, nay, Justice Society attacks again. But this time, because he has created the Justice League, he knows that these people coming in aren't the League. They must be the Society. And he sicks his men on the Justice Society and tells Thunderbolt to reveal the Justice Society so that as he, Johnny Thunder, is watching, he can keep everybody straight. He knows who's his side and he knows who's their side. So, again, revealed are Dr. Fate, the Flash, Green Lantern, Mr. Terrific, Hawkman, and the Atom of the Justice Society, and they line up against the Thunder Thugs who have taken on the guise of Martian Manhunter, Superman, Green Lantern, Batman, Flash, and the Atom. And ultimately here on the last panel, they square off against each other with the narrator telling us at this critical point, we are obliged to end this first part of our two-book story about the criminal Johnny Thunder of Earth-1 and his misuse of the Earth-2 Thunderbolt. The Battle Royal will begin in the forthcoming September issue of Justice League of America in which we will learn if the Justice Society can defeat the criminal Justice League and do anything to return the real Justice League to life. So ends part one of our tale. Part two coming Next month, in the Justice League of America, the 1960 volume, issue number 38. So, that is what we will be talking about next month. Um, nothing really to say too much more about this issue. I, I like, I, I enjoy it. I've, I've really been enjoying these uh, Silver Age books. I've been reading a lot of modern, contemporary books. And most of them are suspense, supernatural, horror kind of thing. It seems, for whatever reason, every creator, uh, every writer predominantly, uh, who is given free reign, that's what they want to talk about. They want to talk about the deepest, darkest, most uh, evil, nastiest, meanest, grossest, whatever, vestige of humanity. That, and I'm just, it's, it's starting to get um, uh, boring, bothersome. You know, even superhero comic books don't want to talk about superheroes anymore. They want to talk about what it's like to be so fucked up that, excuse me, uh, that you become a superhero and whatever. I, I apologize. It, it's just, it's getting more and more difficult to read comic books nowadays. They're just, they're not what I'm after. Um, 
I read comic books to escape, and more and more comic books are getting to be worlds that I do not want to escape to. So, I am leaning into these older books like this, and just really, you know, if not bouncing off the walls and running around laughing, enjoying them, I just like the lightness that they bring to comic books, and I wish that uh, there was more out there like that that weren't age-specific books. You know, books for younger people are like that still to a large extent, although even those now are dealing with altered genders and, and what it's like to not be, you know, Anglo-Saxon Protestant and all this other stuff that I also just don't want to escape to. I just want to escape to somebody having fun, you know. I want to escape to the good guys beating the bad guys and, and moving on. And next issue, the good guys beating the bad guys. I don't want toil and torment and, yeah, uh, sorry. So, um, just a fun romp. Uh, Johnny Thunder is, you know, he's a bad guy, but he's not this, you know, overwhelmingly evil person. A lot like Wotan was now, you know, in the Incarnations book. Wotan was pretty, pretty dang evil for what he did. Uh, and he's supposed to be. He's an entity from another dimension that mimics to us like demons and, and demonic powers, although he's just an alien. So Johnny Thunder's just a, a good old thuggy, gangster, bad guy kind of person. And no, they can't really stand up to our superheroes, you know, and we saw that at the beginnings of Batman and Superman. We saw it in Marvel at the beginnings of Thor. You know, I've read gangsters were the first things they came up against, and the gangsters just didn't stand a chance. But it, it was as, as evil as bad guys got at that point, you know. With the advent of these uber super good guys, we had to uber super the bad guys too. And it took a little while to catch up to that. So here, comic books, you know, we're starting to get uber super bad guys to counteract the good guys at this point. Justice League of America, 1960 volume, issue 38 is what we have in store for next time. I will see you guys then. Ciao.